We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ramaito Shaloni. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Storied San Francisco, a podcast all about the people and places that make this city unique. I'm your host, Jeff Hunt. This is part two of our episode on the San Francisco Women's Building. In it, we sit back down with content specialist slash social media manager, Maria Artiega, and community engagement coordinator, Kristen Acosta. This conversation covers too many topics to list off here, so I'll step out of the way. Here's Maria, followed by Kristen. And for example, uh, I've done many of like browsing archives and internet to find amazing stuff. Like, oh, the thing that I found is like the uh, poetry center just to help like the, the poetry readings here at the women's building and there is a very powerful poetry readings with June Jordan at the auditorium, mm. other Lord, uh, Pat Parker. So you mm. can find it on the internet. We made a post about it. And it's oh, like, so many people have been here at the building and the woman's building has been like a part of many history and mm-hmm. many, it, like it has host like many, many events, but also uh, it was like the plurality, not just only like conference or just the, this kind of gather, gatherings, but it's, it was also space for the community. And mm-hmm. I know many stories with the people that they have the, their quinceañeras here oh, or wow. like the, I don't know, baptism or first communions mm-hmm. or something like that, or weddings, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of the vibe. And also I was like, oh, a while ago, I received a tweet, a tweet of a person who told me that Green Day had a concert here. Of course. <laughs> at, at the auditorium, and he was skating there, like, super chill. And yeah. you, at that time, they, they have, like, many punk concerts here mm-hmm. in the 90s. I feel like I've heard that as yeah. well. Um, I love it. Um, also, would you say, like, from the beginning, another function of the place is to serve as a safe space, mm-hmm. right? For for what we now call female identifying or woman identifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, when they acquired the building, uh, another thing that they, uh, it was uh, uh, very important is the support and uplift other organizations mm-hmm. here with like uh, working with this uh, similar same mission and many, now big uh, nonprofits also in the Bay Area, they were just like born here, for example, oh. La Casa de las Madres. Oh, okay. It Did was just like uh, started here. A Women's Foundation of California mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. It was from here. Quab. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirsten told me. And many, many organizations, they were just here. And now, like, because... And, uh, we keep those like those uh, organizations and, and as a part of our community. And mm-hmm. we have, for example, like Mujeres Unidas y Activa, uh, as a part of like the coalition of uh, California domestic workers. We have like Girls of the Run, 
We now welcome our new partner. Actually, this is going to be like kind of official because it's the first announcement of it. Like Ella, which is Ella para Translatinas, okay. is like just Amazing. our newcomer like organization here. It. They're going to be on the third floor. And also we have San Francisco Parents for Public Schools in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And um, we have the preschool downstairs, Mission Neighborhood Center. Girls, did you say girls on the list? Yes. Okay. Uh, did you say Mujeres Unidas You did. Okay. Think. Well, we cover. We all have. <laughs> I think we covered all of them. Yeah. There's yeah. eight. Yeah. If I can draw a potentially cheesy analogy, but I, it's kind of obvious. It's like the groups that have started here, as I'm like, the children, <laughs> and then the groups that come in are. It's like taking in foster children or or orphans or you mm -hmm. know like. So it's, I think, fully on brand. <laughs> yeah. I like the book. For the women's building to serve these functions, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. And, and again, so sometimes, like, for instance, when we have uh, small business owners on our show, and I like to hear, like, oh, you know, who has worked at XYZ place and then gone on to start their own mm -hmm. um, business that usually is, like, something that still exists, and it's, like, well, all that just speaks something about the origin. And mm -hmm. I think what we're talking about speaks to this history and this legacy of this place, I think. It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I just like, I'm, it's my part, of course it's part of my job, but I just like, I really enjoy it, like to, uh, uh, on every conversation that I engage with a person who is not like working in the nonprofit environment or whatever, like when they ask me, what do you do? I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> what like, all do you do? <laughs> <laughs> what do I not do? Let me know how much time do you have to discuss <laughs> this. And I find myself like speaking a lot always about the job that I do on the organization because like it's, it's like it's, I just part of me and it's like mm -hmm. very part of my now my history and I, I I have been able just to I be part of the community and support the community and also like met amazing women and I having an amazing co-workers mm -hmm. so I think that it's uh it has been like a um and many People working here also say that, so I think that this kind of like the TWB experience. <laughs> mm. Do you pinch yourself a little bit every day? Like, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Kristen, do you want to speak to um, currently, and then and then I will after this have some questions about the women's building role and some more recent things that have happened in the world and in San Francisco. But if you want to tell folks about. Where we are now. Yeah, we yeah, are. Where we are now. <laughs> yeah, I think um, definitely our history is, as Maria said, it's such an important part of where we are now. And also, um, the women's building has always done things like in response to community needs and to um, what's going on in the world. So it's not like we do this and we're going to stay like this. It's definitely changed. And it also, because of needs, like mm -hmm. I think. When we started off, we were definitely, as Mario shared, like a very, um, very rooted in maybe like how you would say like, um, like leftist, like Marxist, sure. Leninist, like roots and mm -hmm. like 
you know, like how are we going to change this? How are we going to change the world which we're in? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like we definitely that's still our our like that's what we're rooted in is mm-hmm. like how do we change society and how do we also move with community to make those ch- societal changes possible? Um, it. So it's like both through like the pro- programs that we serve and mm-hmm. h- like how we serve and how we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, our programs are all in our first floor in the community resource room and. Really, like, what we're rooting is just meeting people where they're at. Like, mm. people come to us, women come to us, literally, like, their first or second day here. We've had stories where women are, like... Here in San Francisco? Yes, or, like, they're, okay. like, I just got here from El Salvador. I just got here mm. from Honduras. And mm-hmm. just, the, like, these amazing stories of these amazing, resilient women mm-hmm. um, just trying to, like, you know, learn the landscape of San Francisco and, and um, get those tools that they need for themselves and for their family. Uh, so right now, a lot of our programs are, we really serve as a resource center, like a, a meeting point where we're able to give people what they need, and ref- a lot of it is referring them out, but sometimes mm-hmm. we can also serve them within the, the either within the building from mm-hmm. our other partner organizations that are here, right. or with our programs that we have. So um, some of the programs that we have, just to name a few, are like our, our resource clinics, which that's where like... Anything you need, we'll meet you where you're at. You need a, oh. you need a, this translated? Okay, we'll translate this for you. Um, you need to find a job. So we have job search. Uh, we have technology assistance. Uh, and we have uh, our legal clinic. So I was going to say law, yeah, taxes. Yes, taxes. Like getting a every, job. Yeah, like yeah. really, like anything <laughs> and everything. Uh, we really... We really like offer a lot, and mm-hmm. it, and then the thing is that it's not only in English. We also offer it's like everything's in Spanish, so mm-hmm. English and Spanish. Uh, At a base o- level, those two languages, yes. other languages as needed, we, or yes, other yeah. languages as needed. So we've That's had excellent. in our food pantry, we serve a huge um, Chinese community, many mm-hmm. who speak Cantonese, mm-hmm. and we are sometimes fortunate to have Cantonese speaking volunteers. Excellent. Um, we usually do. I think sometimes there might be times when we don't, but. Most of the time, like 90% of the time, we have amazing uh, Cantonese-speaking volunteers who are able to also support in that because we are a very bound community. We want everybody to feel welcome, and we mm-hmm. want to want people to be um, feel comfortable speaking what they need in their right. language and the comfortable. Is Tagalog for? Um, we do have to, we do actually have yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so um, in our great. food pantry specifically right right yeah. okay yeah and then on top of the programs. Uh, like I was sharing, we do, we've really expanded and started to do more advocacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, not just advocacy and like changing policies, but also like in the community engagement side. So we really make intentional partnerships um, with what the issues our community is facing. And it's, you know, a lot of it's uh, reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Women's we'll, rights in general. We'll get to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> sure. But women's rights in general, you know, rights in the workplace, like I was saying, yeah. um, making sure, you know, what, like, if this is happening, my boss is doing this. Mm. Is this okay? And it's like, no, mm. these are what your rights are, even if you are undocumented. That's amazing. I'm gonna say because, so I, I'm obviously a cisgendered, straight, white man, but it does occur to me, and it has occurred to me in my professional career, of like. 
human resources might not always feel safe to people. Mm-hmm. So to have something outside of a workplace, I think, is, is yeah. really amazing and, and important. Yeah. And I think also it's important to lift up that a lot of the women that come to the women's building are from like different parts of Latin America and they're recent immigrants. Some of them may not have quote unquote papers. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like, that's usually like, like the most vulnerable of mm-hmm. women. And mm-hmm. that's where people take the most advantage of. So right. there isn't a human resources. If you're right. cleaning somebody's house, there isn't a uh, human resources. So it, it's like, really intentionally building partnerships with other organizations like Mujeres Unidas y Activas and then the um, California Domestic Rights Coalition. They're here. That's who we forgot. I was like, why? Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing amazing work like for domestic workers for, and awesome. you know, working once again, like that collective vision and value of working together and how do we work together so that women are getting the resources that you need to to make the decisions they want, and not only to survive here, but hopefully thrive for Thrive, day. yeah. absolutely. Um, one other topic I wonder, uh, housing. Mm-hmm. Is yes. That, do you have some support for that? Yes, yeah, so yeah. we definitely have housing That's a support. super tricky yes. one in San Francisco and the Bay Area. Exactly, and I mean... Like, in, in general, for everyone. For but, everyone, yeah. But, like... Yeah, and, yeah. like, yeah, what, you're, what we were sharing earlier, like, I think how I was sharing how gentrification is a huge issue here and what you're sharing, and it's it's like very much impact like all of our all of the people that come here even even as workers it's hard to find housing here yeah. uh even if you have a full-time job and uh we do support with like affordable housing through the city um sometimes we have to get creative sometimes it's like once again the collective and community like oh you know what this person is also looking for housing like mm-hmm. how do we connect you and things like that because it is so hard yeah and then on top of that, we also do a lot of housing advocacy. So and awesome. like working with other amazing organizations like Housing Rights Committee and Eviction Defense Committee and making sure that folks have that information. Uh, during COVID, we like did the rental relief, making sure that folks um, mm. were in that program. Mm-hmm. A lot of like education and like uh, just, you know, putting all the information out there in like easily accessible ways. Mm-hmm. And then um, we also are part of the Plaza 16 Coalition. So, I'm not familiar. So, no, so the Plaza 16 Coalition uh, is a coalition made of a lot of different organizations around San Francisco and even the Bay Area. Um, so they were trying back in 2013. Okay, you might know it by this. No Monster in the Mission. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you'll know it. Yeah, so, yeah, we're part of that coalition, like okay. making sure that um, – We've already defeated the monster, so we're good with that. Mm-hmm. But how do we continue to move towards making 100 affordable housing? So that's mm-hmm. like our next step. Mm-hmm. So sometimes these changes are not overnight. That's, yeah. that's like a 10-year fight. Yeah. So it's like also keeping that and in mind. It will keep it's gonna going. It's going to keep going because gentrification, yeah. Yeah. And like the, these prices, the market, it's all... It's all, you know, in favor of the system. <laughs> Sometimes I'm wondering, I'm like, what if there was no one fighting back? Exactly. How bad would it be? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Those yeah. are my dark moments. No, but that's, <laughs> but that's exactly, like, it's true because, uh, for example, I've, I've been talking about a lot of the people we're in partnership with, but Trabajadores Unidos, we did, like, a, a workers' rights with them. And so, the the for example, the minimum wage in California is... 
um, less than what the minimum wage in San Francisco is. And mm -hmm. it's because San Francisco really gets it together. They mm -hmm. really know mm -hmm. how to organize and collectively advocate for these changes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's what's important. Once again, mm -hmm. we have to really just get together and collectively organize to make these changes. And yeah, it would be worse if we weren't fighting back and if somebody wasn't resisting against these. And that actually inspired, like when I go to those dark places, it inspires me. I'm like, oh yeah, there are all these amazing people yeah. to pushing back mm -hmm. to get things to where they are exactly. and hopefully keep going. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I We touched a little bit on reproductive uh, rights and justice. I also want to know, I'm not going to name any obvious names, but like since 2016, let's just say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of, that kind of coincides, I feel like, with your time in San Francisco, at least. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, what sort of, um, you spoke to the somewhat reactive nature of a lot of the programs here. But, like, this is the very recent past, and it's, in weird ways, the current mm -hmm. situation. So, like, what in what ways has the women's building responded to some of these? We never thought these things would happen, and here they here we are. So, mm -hmm. I'm just curious how the, how, what kind of programs exist around any of the issues that have come up. I think that's... From immigration to all the way, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, uh, with immigration, oh, we have the immigration clinic, mm -hmm. and we offer also immigration. At, we have, I don't know, like with Javier, mm -hmm. uh, which is the lawyer who has been with us for, I think, like eight years. Eight years. years. Yeah. Okay. So and. We offer advice and everything that they need to know. But one thing, for example, that Kirsten don't mention in other of our programs in partnership with uh, Lutheran Immigrant Services, oh. we have the Family Reunification mm -hmm. Program, which awesome. is the only one in the Bay Area who helps uh, undocumented minors to be reunited with their sponsors here Amazing. in the Bay Area and sometimes like outside the Bay Area. Okay. So we have an amazing team of fingerprinters and case managers who follow the process since the beginning, like mm -hmm. fingerprinting and just helping like the sponsors to know what entails to be responsible for this like minor. And just because they need a place where they feel safe because they usually like, they just don't know and they get suspicious and we just like reassure to them that they're gonna be, it's gonna be confidential and we're gonna be like uh, speaking with them in their like language that they feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So we have an amazing team like of, of fingerprinting and they also support like all the sponsors in this long and very like, uh, tumultuous process. Mm -hmm. And then in the second part, we have the case managers who uh, like help uh, the minors to be reunified and mm -hmm. also just give information, referring our resources to the minors once they are here in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And they follow the cases for one year or until like they have like uh, relief mm -hmm. uh, or until they turn 18. Mm -hmm. So it's a very like uh, deep true program and we have an amazing group of like uh, persons working there. Yeah. Wow. Um, sorry, it's just like, uh, by the way, it's okay if we cuss and it's okay if we cry. Okay. And I'm speaking to myself <laughs> for most of that. But like, it's just, it's, 
you know, it's a super heavy and a real thing. Um, again, that maybe some of us foolishly thought could never happen. Mm-hmm. But um, going back to last summer, can we talk about like the impacts? I don't want to say obviously, but like California is currently and for the foreseeable future, one of the states that I feel like is pushing back and, and holding safe space statewide for women. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, we don't, you don't have to go far. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so yeah. so yeah, what, what what is the women's building doing in response to last summer's Supreme Court decision? Yeah, so after that, we definitely wanted to, I mean, we, that's always been a priority. But as being in California, like maybe we're not as impacted as much by certain things. Um, but we were like, okay, we need to just make sure that this is, we're supporting whatever we need to support to make sure that women have still have the right to choose. They have access to different resources that they need in response to this. So we actually joined a coalition for on statewide for the California Reproductive Justice Coalition. Um, once again, doing that work collectively. Um, so we did a lot of, there's a lot of bills that we've been working on in partnership with them just to make sure that California, for example, we were um, supporters of Prop 1, making sure that California makes it accessible and does n- and not against the law for women or any or birthing people to make that decision. And that passed. Yeah, and last it passed. November, last right? November. Yeah. So yeah. that was one of them. <laughs> codifying. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Codifying rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, and then like multiple bills. There's like things that sometimes you're like, I didn't even no, know we had to. Yeah. Right. I was like, I didn't even know we had to put that into, but you have to put everything into like law or like, like, and there's things that like also you're like, how is this even in our and constitution? Lawyers in our California like, law. Like, yeah. That's what I'm thankful for lawyers. Yeah, I'm exactly. like, they, it's there. That's what they do. Yeah. yeah. So it's really awesome. Cause that coalition is made up of like a lot of like, like both, um, service providers, um, grassroots organizations like that are just resor- doing resources. There's lawyers, so different, different knowledge bases, mm-hmm. and then we're all able to work together to figure out what is the what are our priorities and how do we make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also like in response, like you know, when we think about that too, it's like we only think about abortion mm-hmm. for reproductive rights, and we think about that you know right to choose. But it's not, it's so much more like reproductive justice and reproductive rights are so much more than just the right to choose. It's, we have to think of it holistically in the big picture. So right. we do a lot of work with um, also looking at menstrual health. Like, mm. you know, that sometimes it's like these things that we take it, like we don't think about that are connected. It's mm. like birth control, what kind of birth control, education. So making sure that those things are available to community members mm. and to ourselves. Like we have to educate ourselves and community. You know, mm-hmm. it's always like both. We're always doing this collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, we're co-sponsoring a bill for SB 260, um, which is making sure, so that is to put $20 for CalRIC as recipients to get um, $20 for menstrual health products. Oh, oh. Because, you know, uh, menstruating people and women, like, there's some women who have to choose between buying a pad or buying, uh, you know, paying a bill. When we think about reproductive justice and reproductive health, it's just, it's so much more than abortion rights. I mean, that's super important, but it's, you know, we have to think about it as a whole as well and thinking about it from, like, menstrual health to, um, to, uh, why am I saying, menopause. (laughs) I'm like, like we 
always just find out like always have like this word abortion but it's not only that that there are other issues that entails like reproductive rights and reproductive uh, justice Ah. like Mm -hmm. uh, the access to the anticonception and also the for example the the care that you need like uh, and that entail that having Mm -hmm. access to that care and uh, like having knowledge about like menstruation or like menopause or what happened on that uh, phase or what Mm -hmm. will happen and also just like kind of like giving information and resources and access to like having like a, 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 a like just a knowledge of what in what entails mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i'm gonna make a shameless plug uh based on something that you brought up and that is there's a restaurant in austin texas <laughs> called el dorado cafe it's amazing um and oddly the owner is from fort worth it's like super but anyway in the they, they still designate men's and women's restrooms mm-hmm. but my wife and a couple of other uh female friends have told me that they actually have um tampons and pads in the bathroom just for free yeah and my wife was like why can't everyone do this exactly. yeah exactly yeah and here so. we have here like at the women's building we always have pads and tampons available and everywhere should right and you know fortunately california is like for example we, we're putting them in schools but that's still not enough so that's why we're doing this sb 260 is because um i mean california is an expensive place and <laughs> yeah and then 80 percent of people who are on calworks are women so it's like or menstruating folks so it's like we need these resources and this is like this is what we need and this is what we need to get and this bill would really like help that, you know, that need that women have and menstruating people have. And people have to make tough decisions every day. It's like, oh, do I pay this bill? Like, do I pay? I mean, pads are expensive. Mm-hmm. Tampons are expensive. Mm-hmm. Or do I go get pads or or tampons? So mm-hmm. that's why we're really advocating for this and also finding like different other avenues to support things like this that mm-hmm. think about reproductive justice and reproductive health as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and where, uh, where in the process is this bill? So it's we just got um, we now we're in Senate governmental uh, office. Okay. And now we're gonna go on to the next process. Fortunately, everybody's pretty much for it. There's been a few who are not, and you know, questionable mm-hmm. <laughs> reasons why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, we don't need to dwell. We on We don't that. need to dwell on that. Yeah. Um, for the most part, most people are um, behind it. Cool. Um, and yeah, just for a plug is we will probably need like a lot of folks to do like public comments and we follow the women's building because that's really important is like we do as a person, one individual, you have an ability to, you know, take action and be a change agent. So it's like sometimes those calls, even if you're like, oh, there's going to be other people, you'd be surprised because Mm. other people are saying there's going to be other people. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like we need everyone to call sometimes for those those public hearings and that makes a huge difference just to call or sign a petition Mm. it's like so and we're always like circulating that on our social media but yeah it's it's going along and we're hoping that it does get passed into the um overall budget of california Mm -hmm. so that's what the goal is okay well you did a call to action there so so that's (laughs) (laughs) the five people who listen to this podcast will hear it (laughs) (laughs) um well anything else because uh, I feel like we, we've got a lot of good stuff. We've covered a lot of ground. 
Um, but I do want to offer if there's anything uh, coming up that you want to plug or anything really glaringly obvious and important that we One skipped over. One thing that also just like me to highlight is just that this organization and this building just like has been supported and created by volunteers. So it's always most of the work that we have here is just like carry carried by volunteers. So I just like follow us on social media. I have to do my pitch now. See? For sure. <laughs> like, and find us on Facebook, on Instagram. I mean, more professional LinkedIn. And, <laughs> and, but also just like go to our website and just try to get involved. And we have different programs and we need like as much volunteers as we can get and on tax program, food pantry, and referral services. So just follow us on all, or just try to engage with us when, in advocacy or community, community engagement. And also, for example, when we have like community fairs here, which uh, like we held one every three months. Mm -hmm. So we need volunteers just to help us just to settle up and just put together stuff so and also welcoming people you know so please follow us and just like engage with us awesome thank you maria yeah. did you have anything else to add Kristen? i think um yeah i think uh, like how we going back to the history i feel like it's all connected so mm -hmm. i think you know like people can be part both what Maria was saying it's like we can be part of this like history like all of these things are connected and if we just take part and we build community like that's super important because together like we could make changes within society and we could make what you know what the women's building means and like what it holds like actually making that mission possible so but we don't do it just as an organization it's also like in connection and with community That was Maria Ortega and Kristen Acosta from the San Francisco Women's Building. We're so excited for our next episode. It'll be all about Friends of the Urban Forest. Be on the lookout for episode 17 next Tuesday. Music for Storied San Francisco was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Michelle Kilfeather does original photography for us. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fifth season, we have more than 200 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show. And drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, weird, and healthy. And we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.